Father, we thank you. We lift your name on high. Accept our thanks in Jesus' name. You alone can do what you have done in our lives to this day. Father, be glorified in Jesus' name. Father, take control. Uphold us. Guide us. Lead us. Let us always have you as a reference point as a father. Let us not depart from you. Thank you, Heavenly Father. For we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's have our seats. We are welcome to his presence. We are welcome to his presence. Um, many of us, if we cast our minds back to how we have lived or how we have survived up to this day, we will learn to give God the glory. Amen. I remember very well when I left Nigeria and I came to this country. Some of my colleagues that we were working together, they heard that I was now in Canada. I didn't, I got all my documents before I left Nigeria. So I didn't come here and tell any story. But where I'm going is one of my colleagues, eventually I met him here. He made a statement. He said, if we would have said among all of us that were working in that office that any of us would leave the country and come to Canada, he said, we wouldn't say it would be you. Now, that's a very deep statement. Do you understand what I'm saying? That, okay, we can think of other people and say, ah, this one has, uh, is now in Canada, this one is now in US, this one is now in UK and all that. But no, we wouldn't have thought it to be you. But you see, God thought otherwise. I mean, I'm what you call a community child. My father gave back to me, yes. But I was brought up by so many different people. And I know that that's not a unique story amongst our people. Is that not so? So when you now look at where you are today, why won't you give thanks to God? Why won't you appreciate God as your heavenly father? Um, I, my first year in university, my father died. In spite of the father, okay, he was not the one that actually... But after year one, the man went to be with the Lord. But I'm still alive. And to God's glory, I'm doing what God wants me to do. Some of us, maybe our fathers died, maybe at five years old, maybe 10 years old. And you know, some of us, our fathers are still alive. You are 50, your father is 70. And you don't know what you are enjoying. The Lord will help us in Jesus' name. Amen. Tell your neighbor, appreciate your father. Don't be afraid, though. Tell that person sitting next to you. Tell the person, appreciate your father. The Lord will help us in Jesus' name. We'll be looking at a topic we call altar versus altar. Let's open our Bibles to Genesis chapter 13, verse 4. Genesis chapter 13, verse 4. Actually, I'm going to read from verse 1 to verse 4. Genesis 13, I read verses 1 to 4. Genesis 13, verses 1 to 4. And Abraham went up out of Egypt, he and his wife, and all that he had, and lot with him into the south. And Abraham was very rich in cattle, in silver and in gold. That will be somebody's testimony in Jesus' name. Amen. Very rich in cattle, in silver and in gold. That will be your portion in Jesus' name. Amen. And he went on his journeys from the south even to Bethel, unto the place where his tent had been at the beginning, between Bethel and I, unto the place of the altar, which he had made there at the first. And there Abraham called on the name of the Lord. When we started looking at this topic, we said the altar is a place of sacrifice. After we defined it, 
And we say an altar is characterized by number one, a place. Number two, a priest. And number three, a sacrifice. Very important. A place, a priest, and a sacrifice. And last week we said the altar is a place where you call upon the name of the Lord. And we looked at the history of the lineage of Cain. And then we looked at the how at the lineage of Seth, the man that was given, that was given to uh, Adam and Eve in place of, uh, 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 what's that boy's name? Abel. How his generation began to call upon the name of the Lord. Today we want to look at what I call altars don't die but can be destroyed. Altars don't do what? They don't die, but can be destroyed. In the passage that we read, Abraham went back to a place where he had first erected an altar when he left and came to the land of Canaan. When you look at Genesis chapter 12, verse 8, Genesis 12, 8, when Abraham began his journey into the land of Canaan, after the Lord told him, depart from your people, Go to where I will show you. The Bible says, He removed from thence unto a mountain on the east of Bethel and pitched his tent. Having Bethel on the west and I on the east, there he built an altar unto the Lord and called upon the name of the Lord. Remember we said an altar is a place where you do what? Where you call upon the name of the Lord. So, when Abraham, during the course of his journey, went to Egypt, a place where God did not necessarily send him. He just went there because there was greener pastures. Because there was famine in the land of Canaan. And he got into trouble. He said his wife was his sister. And that was not the... Uh, okay, that was the first time. He did it again when he got to the land of the, uh, uh, the Palestinians. Eventually, Pharaoh found out and sent him out of Egypt. But with, still with his belongings. So when he left, what did he do? He came back to this same place where he first built an altar of memorial unto the Lord. Now, the key thing is, Abraham was the first that built this altar. He served God here. But he wasn't the last. And thank God, God directed us to this day because today is what? Father's Day. When his son, no, not his son, when his grandson, Jacob, was running away from the presence of his brother Esau, in Genesis chapter 28, Jacob did not know that his father built an altar at that particular location. Oh, no, not his father, his what? His grandfather built an altar at that particular location. He just got there and he slept. Genesis 28 verse 11 to 22. He slept. The Bible says, Jacob saw, he had a dream. He saw a ladder. The top of the ladder reached to heaven. Angels ascending and descending upon that ladder. When you go to look up uh, to the New Testament, when, when uh, Jesus was talking to Nathaniel, he said, you will see the Son of Man glorified. And you see angels ascending and descending upon him. So that makes us to understand that the link between heaven and earth, upon which Jacob saw angels ascending and descending, was who? Was Jesus. He saw a revelation of the future. But more importantly, the Bible says, the Lord stood above it in verse 13 and began to release blessings upon 
Jacob. Somebody here will be blessed today in Jesus' name. Amen. I said you'll be blessed in Jesus' name. Amen. So the Bible says, when Jacob woke up, he said, surely the Lord is in this place. And I knew it not. He did not know. He had not heard the story that at that place where he slept, that was where his grandfather built an altar. Brethren, a generation was between uh, Abraham who built the altar and was and worshipped at that place twice and Jacob. We are not told that Isaac built any altar at that location. But now look at what the Lord did. At that point, when Jacob woke up and realized that, well, even though I'm running away from my brother, on, at this point where my grandfather built an altar, God met me. God has given me a promise. You see, the Lord gave him some blessings there. We don't have time to go through all the things. But that's why I, I, I highlighted it from the beginning. When he woke up, in verse 20, the Bible says, Jacob vowed a vow, saying, if God will be with me, and will keep me in this way that I go, and will give me bread to eat and raiment to put on, so that I come again to my father's house in peace, then shall the Lord be my God. Tell somebody, then shall the Lord be my God. That's a very important uh, 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 promise he made there. Then shall the Lord be my God. And this stone, that's the stone on which, he, which was his pillow, which I have set for a pillar, shall be God's house. Shall be what? And of all that thou shalt give me, I will surely give the tent unto thee. So you see, as at this time, this was Jacob. Moses had not yet received the law. But this was Jacob, the grandson of Abraham, saying he will give God his tithe. Who was the first person that paid tithe, that gave tithe in the Bible? Do we know? No, it wasn't Jacob. Abraham. Abraham. He gave a tithe unto Melchizedek. The law had not been given. He gave it, and this was his grandson, giving the same promise. From this day onwards, brethren, Bethel became synonymous and associated with the presence of God. In fact, the name God of Bethel was the name of God when he gave Jacob the secret of his wealth. In other words, you need the secret of wealth? Go to the God of Bethel. Go to who? Jacob made a promise to God. He said, this place shall be the house of God. Well, well, I mean, there's some important things to take note of in that passage. Now, in Genesis 31, Genesis 31, very important, verses 11 to 13. Genesis 31, verses 11 to 13. And the angel of God spoke unto me in a dream, saying, Jacob. And I said, here am I. And he said, lift up now thine eyes and see all the rams which leap upon the cattle are ring straight, speckled and grizzled. For I have seen all that Laban dwelt unto thee. I have seen all that Laban dwelt unto thee. We know the story of Laban and Jacob, right? The Bible says Laban changed the wages of Jacob. How many times? Ten times. So he would say, today, I will give you this. When he said, ah, things are working good for this man. What will he do? He will change. He said, no, no, no. Let's change the agreement. 
And because the man was in control. So he specified what he would do, and he changed it at will. The Bible says he changed it ten times. But look at verse 13 of that passage. He said, I am the God of Bethel. This is God now speaking. Where thou vowest, um, where thou anointest the pillar, and where thou vowest a vow unto me. What was the vow that Jacob made at Bethel? We just read it. He said, if you will take care of me, give me raiment, give me food, bring me back safely, then you will be my God. Brethren, that is very, very deep. You will be my God. You need to make up your mind that irrespective, in whatever you go through, that the living God will be your God. Because that's what will make a difference in your life. That is where God will make a way for you. That is how God will do what? Will lift you up against all odds. He said, where thou vowest a vow unto me. He said, if you do all the things you said you will do, I will give you my tithe. He said, now arise, get thee out of this land, return unto the land of thy kindred, the God of Bethel. Brethren, the God of Bethel is still at work. The God of Bethel is still making many rich. The problem with many of us is that we are wiser than God. True or false? Many of us are wiser than God. We claim to know more than to live. See, God is not on this earth. In fact, during the time of Abraham, there was no computer. We forget that the Bible says Jesus Christ is the same when? When? Today. And what? He's, he does it. That's why we call him the unchangeable changer. The unchangeable changer. That's why many of us will give all arguments. Once you mention tight, we close our ears. When he finishes, wake me up. When we go to the next topic, a pastor was sharing with me at the, the convention we went for this last week. He said a young man came to him in the church and wanted him to sign some papers. I don't know whatever paper it is. But they wanted him to vote for the integrity of that young man. And he said, well, you've been in this church for maybe, maybe about a year. Are you a worker? I don't, I don't really know you very well. He said, I, I think you should have taken this to your previous pastor. Then the man asked him a question. He said, do you pay your tithe? He said, well, no, I don't. I don't really believe in things like that. <laughs> and what did the pastor say? The pastor said, you are a thief. Now, I'm telling you what the pastor shared with us. So, don't come and say, I, I tell you, you are a thief. I'm telling you what he shared with me. Just this last week. He said, ah, you are a thief. He said, because the Bible says what? You are robbing God. And now, you want me to sign this document. How am I sure that when you go to that place, you are going to work, you will not steal their money? That was, that was where the pastor stopped the, the story he was sharing with us. What, what am I trying to bring out? The, he, was, he, didn't, he wasn't just uh, throwing words to insult that young man. I remember one day we were talking about tithes in the church here. And uh, our general overseer said, the Bible says, if you don't pay your tithe, you are doing what? You are robbing God. So if you don't pay your tithe, you will not make heaven. One of our members here, who was there, one of the prominent members, said, I don't agree with what the T.O. said. <laughs> uh, he has left the church now. Uh, we thank God for where the Lord is taking his church. God will use you in Jesus' name. Amen. I said, God will use you in Jesus' name. Amen. God will use you in Jesus' name. Amen. If all that God is asking for you is 10%, 
Like I always say, there's something where, when I used to, where I used to wonder, they call above and beyond. Why can't you go above and beyond and challenge me? That's one place in the Bible that God said, do what? Put me to what? But many of us, we are used to struggling and we think that is normal. We are used to doing things our own way. Brethren, this God of Bethel did not allow Jacob to struggle. The struggles that Jacob had in his life was by his own making. Because he refused to do what? To yield to God. That's why most of us were like Jacob. The only difference between us and Jacob is that when eventually he made up his mind to do God's will, he didn't falter. But in our own case, it's always my will, my will, my will. And we struggle to the end and we don't achieve God's purpose. You will fulfill divine purpose in Jesus' name. Amen. I said you will fulfill divine purpose in Jesus' name. Amen. When God wanted to renew this covenant with Jacob, what did he do? He sent him back to that Bethel. And he blessed him there. In Genesis 35 verse 1. Genesis 35 verse 1. God told Jacob, Arise, go to Bethel and dwell there. You see, you are the one that said, This place will be the house of God. I have accepted your vow that this place will be my house. Now go back there and do what? And dwell there. And then look at it. Genesis 35 verse 1. He said, And make there an altar unto God that appeared unto thee when you fled from the face of Esau, thy brother. There was no coincidence there. The parts of Jacob were ordered by God. Do you know that your parts are ordered by God? Some people don't believe that. Do you know that your parts are ordered by God? The problems you are having is because you have refused to yield unto him. Take note of one thing. Abraham was the grandfather of Jacob. The, the, the foundations he laid, Isaac was not involved in the story of Bethel. There were other things that Abraham did, the wells he dug, and Isaac came and he rebuilt them and all that. But in this story, it was from Abraham to who? To Jacob. Altars don't die. Many of us are being impacted by the altars that were laid by who? Our grandfathers, great grandfathers. But that we need to simply do what? Break. Because, uh, like we've told us, there is an altar that was erected at Calvary. Many altars are serviced with blood. That's why the, the altar at Calvary was serviced with the supreme blood of who? Of Jesus Christ. But disobedience does not make you to key in and access the rewards of of this altar. Bethel was the house of God. Abraham started there. Jacob followed his footsteps. Now something happened. Tell somebody something happened. There was a king in Israel by name Jeroboam. Jeroboam was the first king of the northern kingdom. When the southern kingdom, which was just, uh, Judah, and uh, Benjamin was given to Rehoboam, the only son of Solomon that we know. Jeroboam took the ten other kingdoms. He established the kingdom because of the sin of Solomon. What did Jeroboam do? He decided that, look, if these people continue to go to Jerusalem, they will go back to the son of David. And one day they will throw me out of this place. So what did he do? The Bible says in 1 Kings chapter 12, 
First Peter chapter 12, from verse 26 to 32. Jeroboam said in his heart, Now shall the kingdom return to the house of David. You see, Jeroboam failed to realize that when Solomon was still alive, God sent prophet, uh, 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 one of the prophets to him to tell him that God was going to give him the king, prophet Ahijah. God sent him to Jeroboam and said, God will take the kingdom away from Solomon and give you a, I mean, ten, I mean, uh, ten parts, while Solomon will keep two parts. He didn't think of himself as king then. Now God enthroned him. And he began to say, ah, the people will go back to Rehoboam, their king. You see how human beings think? Tell someone, you see how you have been thinking? And don't be afraid. Say, tell him, you see how you have been thinking? God has brought you thus far. He has made so many sacrifices to bring you to where you are. All that is needed for you now is simple obedience. And you begin to say, ah, uh, God cannot be right. That's the way he was thinking. But it's not only him. That's the way the children of Israel were thinking. And unfortunately, with the complete Bible, with Jesus Christ, that's the way we are thinking. We think that God has done all that he has done. Well, he has done enough. Did God tell you he has done enough? Did God tell you he has done enough? Did God tell you he cannot do more? Your situation is very minuscule compared to the things that God wants to do for you. Jeroboam, then what did he do? The Bible says in verse 28, he took counsel. He made two cups of gold and said unto them, it is too much for you to go to Jerusalem. Behold thy God, O Israel, which brought thee out of the land of Egypt. Now look at verse 29. And he set the one where? Where? Bethel where Abraham set up an altar. Bethel where God met Jacob and renewed the sacrifice. Bethel where God began the covenant of divine multiplication upon Jacob. That was where this man set up his own altar. And it was an altar contrary to God. Brethren, many a times, the altar begins well. And what happens? Something happens down the road. And that altar that was holy, that was pure, that was serving the purpose of God, becomes an altar of the devil. Because human beings wake up one day and say, God is too slow. Haven't you heard that before? He said, this God said, I beg, I think we need to find a, an alternative solution. And the alternative solution will lead to hell. The alternative solution will lead to destruction. The Bible says there is a way that seemeth what? Right unto man. But the end thereof is what? You will not be destroyed in Jesus' name. Amen. The blessings that God has promised you lie in a covenant relationship with him. That's the blessing that is transgenerational. That's why Abraham was great. Isaac was greater. Jacob became exceedingly great. Because the foundation of their blessing was in God. You know that God can do that for you. He can lay that foundation of greatness in you. And once you lay the right foundation... He will ensure that your children after you will be greater than you. Amen. Will be richer than you. Amen. Will have the things you don't have. Amen. Then he will ensure that their own children are. Ah, 
when they begin to manifest, I say, where did they come from? They didn't fall from the sky. It's the foundation that their father laid. Which type of foundation are you laying? It's very important. Abraham laid the right foundation. Isaac built upon it. Jacob built upon it. Today, Israel was chastised, but Israel still lives. True or false? And Israel is just, not just living as a country that is there. Uh, it's just there. Uh, forget. No. Israel is striving. Somebody laid the foundation. Tell the person next to you, you know you can also lay a foundation. You have to make up your mind. Especially our fathers that are here today. What example are you going to lay? What will your children look back upon and say, this is what my father gave to me? It's not money. It's virtues. Virtues. Look, look. Was it money that God gave Jacob? No. God gave him an idea. God is still looking for somebody to whom he will give an idea. An idea. Others will have done it and failed. But when you begin to do it because it is an idea, you do what? You try. You succeed. You excel. You excel. That's why somebody can, you know, you, you, we all know granite. Most of us here are from Nigeria. We know granite. They call it peanut here, right? That's how somebody would just put peanut in, in, in sugar. And it's got a specialty. And everybody is eating it. Ordinary granite. So. <laughs> yes, yeah, so, not granite. You put sugar. You put, uh, even the honey itself. It is manufactured honey. You know manufactured honey is made from sugar. It's not natural honey. And they will soak it, put it in a can, and the thing is $10. Why? It's an idea. Tell me it's an idea. When you enter into covenant with God, that's what he gives. It looks foolish. <laughs> but if it is the idea that will bring you well, it will do what? It will bring you well. You are not doing it because others are doing it. You are doing it because God has said do it. And you know what? Once God gives you an idea, he begins to arrange what is called divine encounter. It will set somebody up on your path that will help you. When you are ready to go to the next level, it sets another person up. Others will know how you, got, how you got there. And so long as you don't take the glory and say, ah, you know I'm very brilliant, I'm very smart. So long as you ascribe all the glory to God, he keeps on directing your footsteps. And not only that, you ensure that your children know that God is the source of this world. Ah, the sky is not the limit. What is the sky? It's the beginning. It's the beginning. So when Jeroboam decided to, try to change the altar, I mean, the, 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 the foundation in Bethel to an immoral one, to change what was started right, to make it the house of idols, God sent a message to him. In 1 Kings chapter 13, we see the man of God out of Judah from verse, yeah, from verse 1. He came to him and because God had directed everything, when he came to Bethel, Jeroboam was by his altar. And the man of God cried against the altar in the word of the Lord. Verse 2. I mean, 1 Kings 13 verse 2. And said, O altar, O altar, thus said the Lord, behold, a child shall be born into the house of David, Josiah by name. Upon thee shall he offer the priest of the high places that born incense upon thee. And men's bones shall be born upon thee. 
And he gave a sign. I mean, we can read it down to verse 6. Once he made his pronouncement, the king had, the king was angry, and the Bible said, what happened to that king? When he said, seize him, the hand is stretched forth. What happened to the hand? The hand withered. Every hand that is stretched forth against you, that hand will wither in Jesus' name. Amen. I said, that hand will wither in Jesus' name. Amen. This king has changed the house of God into the house of the devil. From this encounter between the king and this young prophet, we know a few things. Number one, altars can hear. Altars can do what? They can hear. They can hear. Because, brethren, the efficacy of altar, if you remember when we started this study, we said every altar is backed by a spirit. Is that the spirit of God or a demon? Altars can hear. That's number one. Number two, altars obey the voice of God and his prophets. Altars do what? They obey the voice of God and his prophets. And I speak to every altar contending with you. I release the power of God upon such in Jesus' name. Amen. I silence that altar permanently in your life in the name of Jesus. Amen. Number three, you can speak to any contrary altar and it must obey you because you are a child of God. You carry the spirit of God. You command the altar and it will obey you. Number four, whosoever wants to prevent your deliverance, his hands will wither. Amen. I say his hands will wither. Do you know what the hand, the, the Bible says, whatsoever your hands find to do, do what? So when the hand of Jeroboam withered, it's not just physical, it is spiritual. It means his ability was destroyed. So when we say, whosoever will stop or prevent your deliverance, his hands will wither. It's not just his physical hand, that will be the starting point. His spiritual hand. His ability to come across or inter interrupt you in any way. If you wither in Jesus' name. Amen. And the last thing I have on that is that altars fulfill prophecy. Altars do what? They fulfill prophecy. Everything that Josiah spoke concerning that altar, it came to pass. I mean, everything that the young prophet spoke. 2 Kings chapter 23, verse 15 to verse 18. 2 Kings 23, verse 15. To, we're not going to read, but you can put it down. 15 to 18. And then 19 to 20. We see where that young king Josiah came up. And he decided to cleanse the land. And he went to that altar in Bethel. And began to destroy and desecrate it. And then he saw where that young prophet was buried. And they left him. They don't touch him. Leave him. In spite of whatever he had gone through. What altar are you laying for your generation? You have the opportunity to start a new thing today. To do what? To start a new thing. You know, one of the things they tell us about our fathers is that a father is a source. Am I right? As a father, irrespective of the past, you can start afresh today. You can be a reference point for future generations. I mean, I, I know my lineage up to, I don't know, 20 generations. My own. 
how do I know them? I know their names and the sort of the part of their history because they were kings. But they are all irrelevant to me because when it got to my father, my father gave his life to Christ. And to me, that's the lineage that matters. That's the lineage I'm passing to my own children. They can look back and say, this is the foundation our father left for us. Or a reference point, our grandfather, going back to my own father. That is the foundation. So, that's why I said you can start something today. You can make up your mind that I am going to build an altar that will glorify the name of God as a father, as a mother, as a person that God has given that authority. You have authority. I'm sure we all know. Father, mother, we have power over our children. If we lay the right altar, we are going to build what is called generational wealth. Let your, uh, 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 what, what, let your attention, let your focus be right on God and it will make way for you. Amen. A man of God was sharing the story of a particular man. God was calling him that, God didn't tell him to become pastor, just told him that, look, he should serve God. And the man said, no, I can't serve God. I don't have time to serve God. Let me just be a good church member. He was doing very well up to a point. Then all his businesses started running down. He, he wasn't told to become pastor just to serve God. He was wise enough to do what? To retrace his steps. To go back to God. Not only did God restore him, his business began to flourish. Many of us who are businessmen, the problem we have is that we believe that you must do it in a particular way which is wrong in order to prosper. Because you've taken the key of that business. Away from who? Away from God. If you will give him the key, you'll be surprised at what he will do. But if you want to continue to live in sin, there's no way forward in that. A young man went to a herbalist, we're rounding up, he went to a herbalist because he had problems. He was grappling with problems all over. I know the, the funny thing. It was the herbalist that told him, go back to your church. Yeah. It was the herbalist he went to meet and said, look, this is my problem. The man said, do what? Go back. The problem you have, nobody can solve it except that your God in your church. And the herbalist now quoted Genesis to him. Yes, he quoted Genesis where uh, 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 Isaac was blessing Esau. I said, when you become agitated, you will break loose from the service of your brother. That was the, the verse the herbalist quoted to his brother. <laughs> the man knew his own had finished. I mean, when you go to a herbalist and he's quoting the Bible unto you. So he, he, he came back to church and they began to pray for him. Um, at a point in time, it looked as if things were turning around. Things were working. All of a sudden, he was back to square one. So the man of God said, God, what is going on? There's nothing you cannot do. I said, the man of God said, one night, the Lord told him, go to that brother's house. And so one night, I mean, in the, in, the, in the thick of the night, he went and he knocked on his door. And who opened the door? 
a sister. Or maybe I should say a lady. And she, ah, sister, what are you doing here? And the lady said, ah, you, 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 I don't want to be asking, what are you doing here? So what was the problem of that young man? Fornication. When God had intervened and set him free and was on the path to reclaiming all that he had lost, he couldn't do, a, he couldn't do away with fornication. And do you know, <laughs> uh, at times that's why Paul said, Oh, wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me from the power of this flesh? He said, because the things that I want to do, they are the things I don't do. Romans chapter 7. The things I don't want to do, they are what? They are the things I do. Some people's problems, even their fornication and adultery, is rooted in an altar that is in service against their destiny. Until that altar is destroyed, no matter what you do, the person will, go, like, like they say, the dog will always do what? Go back to his vomit. That's not, that's not your portion in Jesus' name. Let's rise on our feet. Let's rise on our feet. We are running up this morning. Why don't you give thanks to God? Give thanks to God for such a time as this. Bless his holy name. He's a good God. He's a wonderful father. He's a wonderful father. Thank you, Heavenly Father. Are you here this morning? You have not given your life to Christ. Or maybe you are watching online. You are not born again. This is the time. This is the time. In order for you to overcome that contrary altar, you must be yielded to the living God. If you are not born again, you want to raise up your hands, you are in the church, or you are online, we are going to pray together. We are going to pray together. Just say, Lord Jesus, I come before you right now. I yield my life to you. Come into my life. Come in today. Come in to stay. I yield myself to that altar that was established on the cross of Calvary. Every contrary altar, let your blood wipe out. Let your blood destroy in the name of Jesus. Every altar on which my name is written, that is contrary to your word, let your blood eradicate in the name of Jesus. Amen. Write my name in the book of life. Thank you, Heavenly Father. In Jesus' name, we are praying. Amen. Now we are going to pray. We are going to pray. Say, God of Bethel. Ah, do you want to pray or not? Say, God of Bethel. Show me the secret of wealth. Open your mouth and pray. He showed Jacob the secret of wealth. He showed Jacob the way forward. And that wealth was established for his generation. God of Bethel. Show me the secret of wealth. In the name of Jesus. God of Bethel, show me the secret of wealth. Thank you, Heavenly Father. Show me the secret of wealth, O oh Lord. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, we are praying. Amen. Say, every altar, every altar erected against my destiny be consumed by the fire of God. In the name of Jesus, every altar erected against my destiny be consumed. Be consumed by the fire of God. Every altar erected against my destiny. Be consumed by the fire of God. Every altar erected against my destiny. Be consumed by the fire of God. Thank you, Father. 
In Jesus' name we are praying. Amen. You say, every altar priest, ministering against my life, be destroyed in the name of Jesus. Every altar priest, ministering against my life, be destroyed in the name of Jesus. Every altar priest, ministering against my life, be destroyed in the name of Jesus. Recapo sutolenda itragabo. Madboro sotolia. Irakatole anda itragabo. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name we are praying. You say, God of restoration. Restore my stolen virtues unto me in the name of Jesus. God of restoration. Restore my stolen virtues. Whatever has been stolen from me, whatever enemy has stolen from me, God of restoration, restore today. Mareba Sotole Andaria, restore today. Re Krima Katole Inda Itragabo, God of restoration, restore my stolen virtues. Thank you, Heavenly Father. Thank you, Heavenly Father. Thank you, Heavenly Father. In Jesus' name we are praying. Say, Jesus, thou son of David. Fight my battles for me. Fight my battles for me. Open your mouth and pray. Jesus, thou son of David. Fight my battles for me. In the name of Jesus. Jesus, thou son of David. Fight my battles for me. Fight my battles for me, O Lord. Fight my battles for me, O Lord. Jesus, thou son of David, fight my battles for me. Thank you, Heavenly Father. In Jesus' name we are praying. Now you are going to make this statement for me. I say, I will not end my journey prematurely. In the name of Jesus. Open your mouth and pray for yourself. I will not end my journey prematurely. Yes, Lord, I will fulfill my cause. I will not end my journey prematurely. I will not end my journey prematurely, I will not end my journey prematurely. In the name of Jesus. I will not end my journey prematurely. Begin to thank God. Begin to thank God. Begin to give him thanks. Begin to give him thanks. Marike Bosotolenda Itragabo. Give him thanks. Give him thanks for such a time as this. For what he has done. For what he is doing. For what he will continue to do. Thank you, Heavenly Father. We worship you, Lord. In Jesus' name we are praying. Amen. Father, we thank you for this afternoon. We lift your name on high. Accept our thanks in Jesus' name. It's a new beginning. Glorify your name in our lives. The grace to do your will. Father, grant unto us. Every altar working against us is destroyed in the name of Jesus. Amen. The grace to live a holy life. Amen. That your name alone may be glorified. Father, grant us in the name of Jesus. Amen. Every altar erected to keep us in the bondage of sin. I set on fire in the name of Jesus. Amen. Thank you, Heavenly Father. We love you, Lord. For we have prayed in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Let's have a